Warhorse, and you're listening to the Four Sides Podcast. And don't forget to tell all your little baby dork-ass friends to listen to the Four Sides Podcast, too. Otherwise, Warhorse is going to rule your ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Sides Podcast. I am your host, Caleb Carter. As always, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to us. Right now, I am actually from an... I'm actually recording from an undisclosed location, so... <laughs> you have to laugh already. If you if you saw the title of this and you're asking me... I mean, you decided to ask me, hey, where did you record from? I'm not telling you. Creeps. But anyways, let's cut right to the chase. We talked with James Brady a couple weeks ago, one half of the top two, and the other half just happened to hit me up, was inspired by it, and wanted to come on. So here she is, Savannah Stone. How you doing? I'm good. How about you? I am doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, as always. So uh, just the question I always ask everybody, the first question is, what got you into wrestling? What got me into wrestling? Well, um, I feel like I have a little bit of a different story than most wrestlers. Most wrestlers that I know of, at least, kind of go in and start talking about how they've seen it as a child and they were inspired and they've always wanted to be it. Um, That was not my case. I really only figured out what wrestling was when I was 16 years old. Uh, I was in a very abusive relationship, to, to say the least. Um, and that was about my sophomore year. Some really bad stuff happened to me. And I just felt really, really lost. And, um, you know, the typical thing of what happens, you know, if, if anyone's ever been in that situation before. And I was looking for inspiration, really. And this video came up. And it was Nikki Bella and Brie Bella versus Paige and AJ Lee. First time I've ever seen it. And I was like, what is this? This looks wild. Why are these girls half-dressed? And what's going on here? And I... I watched the video and they were doing these like awesome things that just at my time I was told that women couldn't do those things they couldn't pick up people they were never as strong as the men and it just truly inspired me uh I ended up watching it trying to learn everything that I could from age 16 and I ended up telling my parents about it there were a little Weird at first, because I was a star volleyball player. I was the captain of this of uh, varsity, uh, had college scholarships lined up, all of that stuff. Like, my goal was volleyball at the time. And uh, they ended up getting behind it, and they took me to the Dynamo Pro Dojo here in St. Louis. Yep, we were there last time. Yes. I and- mean, I mean me, me and J- James and I were there. You totally weren't. Yeah, <laughs> I was not. Um, and... Uh, I, I came in, they took me on my birthday, um, which happens to be Valentine's Day, and uh, I, I fell in love with it, and that's how I'm in it now, long story short. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting, like, most people I talk to, um, they're into wrestling from, like, when they're a kid or something, right? so it's, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of neat to see somebody that kind of got into it a little later. Yeah, yeah. So you said your first match you ever saw was the Bella Twins versus Paige and AJ Lee. Absolutely. That was yep. that was WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. All right, that's a yes, that's yes, a heck yes. of that's a heck of a first show to watch. I know WrestleMania thirty one. <laughs> that was a pretty big one. <laughs> yeah. So you said you went to the Dynamo Pro Dojo to train and stuff. Yes, so I did. Obviously, I guess that's how you got your start. 
Yes, I did. Um, I remember it so vividly because uh, they kept saying, and my parents kept saying we had this place. And, and I always kind of always knew as a kid what kind of presents um, I was going to get just because simply on the fact that I was very picky as a child. Um, and so they had this thing and this huge surprise. And that, that was never really like how my parents worked. Um, and I was like, what is this surprise? What are they talking about? And then we came to this location and, and it was this, if, if, if anyone's been to the Dynamo Pro Dojo, it's, it's like this garage <laughs> dojo with like a ring inside of it. So it's not like the WWE NXT arena or like anything like that. And I'm like, what the hell is this? What is this? And then the, the garage went up and saw the ring and, uh, some people always make fun of it and laugh at the, you know the look of it and for me it was the perfect most beautiful thing I've ever seen <laughs> it was rugged it was old but it was a ring and I was like oh my god I can't believe they managed to look past the volleyball and take me here and I don't know I was so inspired so I actually did not start that day I finished the volleyball season out and during the summertime I took my first bump <laughs> Yes. So. so, not to sound like a creep or anything, but uh, I actually kind of did a little bit of research on you one time. And I, <laughs> I, I kind of know about your volleyball background a little bit. Yes. And so, kind of what's it like to go from volleyball to wrestling? Like, what's, what's some <sighs> of the differences? That's actually a really good question. I've never been asked that question. Um, I would say there's a lot of similar things, but also a lot of different things all at the same time. Um, in the sense of, at a very young age, I was always introduced to a very professionalized sport. Um, always traveling, always, you know, kids kids would be off playing and having, um, you know, like little sleepovers and stuff. That wasn't me. I was out playing volleyball with my dad. I was out doing tournaments in third grade. Like, that was me. That's who I was. I was having tryouts while they were playing and uh, swim parties and and I remember not getting to go simply on the fact that I didn't want to um why didn't you want to I don't know I think I was I think I was so mesmerized at the time with volleyball um I knew from the day that I I passed the ball and I had the ball in my hand that that was that was that was it that was me that's what I wanted to do I was very athletic you know pro-athletic at the time and honestly, volleyball really was was my friend. That was my friend. I was kind of like a weird, socially awkward kid. Um, so it was a lot easier to talk to the volleyball and, and spike the volleyball around rather than introduce myself and say hi to people. Um, but to get back on track, I think wrestling was kind of the same way for me. Um, I, I, I took it very seriously, even though I had really no concept of the history behind it or what it was. It was a sport I was ready to dive in. Um, I think the very big difference between volleyball and wrestling was that this was the first time I was really ever alone in a sport. Uh, Volleyball, I always had my dad. My dad was a very well-rounded, very high-respected volleyball coach. And, you know, I couldn't go to a tournament without people surrounding him, talking to him, asking him about his strategy, and... uh, Wrestling was very different. Obviously, they didn't know who my dad was. I didn't really have my dad. My dad didn't know what, what wrestling was. So it was very just me at 16 years old, scared and intimidated, standing in this ring and hoping that I could make it, trying to prove to my dad that, um, in fact, that I could be a wrestler on top of a volleyball player. So, yeah. 
So uh, obviously, I guess you're not involved. Like you're in college and stuff. You're not involved in volleyball anymore. I am not. So I actually starting out. Uh, I tried to play the whole volleyball and wrestling. I'll be both. Because, um, like I said, in the time I was in high school, um, sophomore year, and I was I uh, had tried my whole life. I remember, like, my goal in third grade, as weird as this is, in third grade, my goal was to be on the varsity um, of high school. That's That's kind of, like, what it was. That was my goal. And I remember being there, and I you know, got my goal, and I was like, well, what do I do? What do I do? Um, and so really, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it's, it's, it's so hard to talk about, I guess, because I it was very hard for, on my family and on myself because as amazing wrestling was, I knew that in order to do this, I needed to drop everything and really dedicate my life to this to this wrestling, to this environment. And I remember my junior year, I finished up my junior year, I broke all the records I was supposed to break, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to take that leap of fate. I'm going to drop the college scholarships I had lined up. I'm going <laughs> to drop it all, and I'm going to become a wrestler. I'm going to be a wrestler. And so my senior year, I did not play volleyball, and that was very, very hard on my parents, especially my dad being you know, the head volleyball coach that he was um, in my select years of playing volleyball. And so... Um, yeah, it was it was very as inspiring as it was chasing my dream to be a wrestler. It was also very very complicated. So I think that's why when fans always come up to me and tell me, you know, they want to do this, they just don't know how. I can relate so much to it because I felt like I was letting the team down. I came from a very small school, so I felt like I was letting the school down. I didn't know if I was crazy and I wanted to do this. Um, but I don't think I would have changed it for the world. I, I really learned from everything from that. Yeah, I think in every wrestler's journey, uh, there's that. I think every wrestler starts from that. It's like, Absolutely. It's like you got to start somewhere. Uh, there's sacrifices you have to make. Mm-hmm. So, And I think just in life in general, too, yeah. that happens. You're not just in wrestling or a sport, but just in, in life in general. I, I don't know. I think everyone needs to go through that. Yeah, you know? yeah. So uh, you said you didn't do volleyball in your senior year and yes. you started wrestling training in your senior year. So I actually started wrestling my junior year where I really? was I yep, I was doing the tournaments, I was doing the select volleyball, I was doing the high school volleyball, I was wrestling on the weekends. Um it was very crazy for me. Junior year was very very crazy on top of getting past the whole sexual abuse that I faced and and really I would say not getting past it, but more trying to carry on with my life. Um, I don't think I really faced that struggle until my senior year and really admitted what happened and realized that it wasn't okay and that I didn't deserve it and to grow from that in, in, a, in a weird way. Um, but yeah, so I actually was doing all of that. My senior year, I decided to drop the volleyball and just be a wrestler and I had a lot, I was bullied a lot for it. Um, I remember being so excited at Dynamo, getting to be on the Dynamo show um, with Rain Victoria. And Shout I, out to Rain Victoria. Yeah, I uh, put a Dynamo poster on, on my locker and I remember it. it was, I was on the bottom locker and I was happy for it because I was short. <laughs> and I was so excited, I taped it up because we were able to do that. 
And I came back the next day after, no, it wasn't the next day. It was like after class, like math class or some, some class that I had. And I came back and it was ripped up and it was, it was right where my locker was. And, um, it broke my heart because I, I had already gotten bullied for it. I wasn't able to sit at the volleyball table in the, in school anymore because they didn't want me sitting there because they felt like, you know, I betrayed them to an extent. And I think I felt that too, honestly. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very difficult. But um, I knew I needed to prove why I picked that my senior year. And I ended up getting a call from Matt Jackson, who runs Anarchy now, and at the time was helping run NWL. And he called me literally during class, and I walked out of class to take it. And, like, in my school, that was, like, not allowed. So I could have gotten into (laughs) detention right there. Worth it. It didn't care. And he was like, how do you feel about being a WWE extra talent? And I was like, what like what is this you know like I didn't know what this was like I said I was still trying to learn all the history people were throwing their names at like you know who is who is Lita like I would look it up dive into who Lita was oh like holy crap Lita's this like idolized person I should have known about you know and and I I was learning while this was all going on so he explained to me what it was and I was like yeah let me take it and uh long story short i ended up taking it ended up being there at the right place right time and got to wrestle against nia Jax and got to job to her and at that moment i knew i needed something i needed some justification as to why i quit volleyball and did this wrestling thing and, and to the school and to my dad and honestly to myself that was it that was oh my god i got i got to be on the biggest stage of them all and got to wrestle against somebody like that, even if it was just a taste, it was enough for me, you know? So, yeah, that was, that was that's it. <laughs> yeah, I actually got to see you, uh, I think, one time before I saw you on Monday Night Raw. That was, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was a match against Kylie Ray. Yes, it was, yes. I was terrified for that match. <laughs> I was very terrified. Um, she's amazing. Shout out to Kylie Ray. She yes, helped me absolutely. so much. But uh, I feel I think that was my first match. Believe it or not, that was my first match. Uh, biggest crowd I had because it was at Glory Pro. So that was your first ever match? No, not my first ever match. But I would say my first real match where I was like, oh my gosh, she isn't local. This is the first match I had that wasn't a local girl. Yeah. You know, and it was a big crowd at the time for me to wrestle in. And I remember just being terrified. What if she doesn't like me? What if I don't shake her hand the correct way? What if, you know, how is she going to be? Oh, my God. She came in like rainbows and butterflies. Um, her gimmick really isn't a gimmick. That's exactly who she is in real life. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, like, I don't think, or I've never seen anyways, which I've never seen her backstage, mm-hmm, obviously, and mm-hmm. stuff, but, like, I don't think Kylie Ray is that kind of person that would, like, snap at you. No, not at all. Not at all, you know. Um, but I knew it was a really big deal. And uh, I remember having that match and uh, just knowing, like, wow, this I really, like, I have to make sure. Like, I got this match. I know Elgin thought and believed in me. But, you know, I was, I was still worried. Like, my comfort zone was Tootie Lynn Ramsey and Rain Victoria. Those are the girls that I was traveling around Missouri with. Another shout-out to Tootie Lynn yes, Ramsey, Yes, very by much the way. so. One and of my favorites. Yes. And uh, Callie Ray came in, and I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? i got to act professional. All right, let's go. <laughs> that, was, that was my whole mood set. And I just remember she coming in 
and I went for a handshake, and she went in for the hug. And I was like, that's, that's so Kylie. Now looking back at it, that was so Kylie. And I just remember um, all my nerves all my nerves left. All my nerves were gone. Um, I was ready for the match. And that was really the first time um, I was like, wow, I can do this on a big stage. Because Glory Pro at the time was taking like, you know, they, they were selling out the, the, the building that they were in. There was people, you know, standing room only because of the seats that they sold out. And so yep, that was, I remember my first Glory Pro show I went to, uh, Cody Rhodes was there. And mm-hmm. I, I was one of those standing room only. Yes, yes. And so that was such a big moment for me. And, and I'll always remember that. I'll always be, I'm so humble for that moment. Yes, very much so. So uh, whenever you said Kylie Ray went in for the hug and like freaking out and stuff, you actually reminded me of an instance from... Not this past weekend, but the weekend before. Uh, I was at CCW in Charleston, uh, and our special guest was Rhino. Oh, wow. So, yeah, awesome. R- Rhino, shout out to Rhino. Uh, yeah. Hopefully you're listening to this. If not, whatever. But One of these days. <laughs> hopefully. That, that is the goal, to maybe get him on the show. But That is awesome. Uh, I went in to do a couple interviews with some of the CCW talent, mm-hmm. and... Uh, so obviously, I was in the building before the show, and right. uh, just Rhino walks in, and I am trying my absolute hardest to, oh my to, God, to, to, not, <laughs> to not mark out and make an ass of myself. <laughs> I'm like, he just walks in, and I'm just like, holy shit, it's Rhino. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? It's Rhino. <laughs> and, and the thing about Rhino is uh, uh, one of my all-time favorites, probably, but the thing about him, kind of like... Kylie Ray does hugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't do handshakes. What mm-hmm. he does is f- he does fist bumps. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so he's just an overall one of the chillest dudes I've ever met. That's awesome. Got the pleasure of seeing. So That's so cool. That's yeah. really cool. So uh, you brought up Michael Elgin. So uh, let's kind of talk about uh, how did you get into Elgin training systems? Oh, gosh. I don't think I've ever shared this story. Um I always feel like all my stories have very complicated <laughs> ways, uh, so I'll try to make this uh, as decomplicated, if that makes any sense. Um, so, I was at Dynamo um, at the time. Outlaw was training me, uh, Michael Outlaw. If you guys don't know, love Mike is. Outlaw. Yes, he is not only a very good wrestler but also a very good trainer. Um, well, he to bring back NWL, he had just gotten signed to NWL, and I was so heartbroken. That was my guy. Um, he was almost like a dad to me in a weird way. Like I told you how to bring it back to my dad, who was always my volleyball coach. He was like my dad in wrestling. Um, so he had left. Um, some other people had taken over. And uh, I don't know. It just didn't feel like the same. Um, and so... Uh, everyone was telling me to join with Elgin. And again, not, not to disrespect, but at the time, you know, I didn't know what New Japan was. I didn't know any of this stuff. I was trying to catch up on the whole WWE scene that I've missed my whole life. Yeah, try, try keeping up with New Japan if you're yes. not even caught up with the, It's not going to happen. Yeah, it was very, very hard for me. And so he said this guy was from New Japan. And I was like, what is that? And everyone looked at me and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, seriously, what is that? And um, then they started explaining. I started watching matches with him. Obviously, he's very talented. Um, and so I remember it was such a big deal. It was such a big deal for me to go to Michael Elgin because um, Dynamo people at the time just kind of stayed at Dynamo, and Elgin people kind of stayed with Elgin. And um, I switched, and it kind of almost had this like 
phase on the rest of the women there, like uh, Ring Victoria and Tootie. Um, they're like, you know what? Why don't we blend Dynamo and Elgin system all together, right? And uh, we all moved there. And uh, long story short, I absolutely um, will always respect and admire the fact that he helped me learn so much. Um, even if it was a struggle through the goods and the, through the bads, I absolutely respect the man. I don't think I would have understood strategy as much if, if, he was, if I wouldn't have shared a ring with him. Um, but also at the time, it was very hard for me because I think everything was happening all at once. Being 16 years old, I went over to Elgin around 17 years of age and totally different atmosphere, obviously. A lot more professional, a lot more, this is how things are done, this is the way things are run. Hop in carloads, do what you got to do, get booked. And that was just not the way that Dynamo was. Dynamo was more of a family-based run company and it was like, you know, um, here's this family at the dojo, learn from them, grow from them. And so this was more, definitely Elgin's training system was definitely more of figure this out yourself. I will give you the strategy and the tools, but it's your job to make it happen. Um, and so for 17 years old, that, that, that's very hard. That was very, very hard, especially being the only female at the time. Like I said, Rain Victoria and Tootie joined a little bit later. Um, and I think Elgin's really really groomy just the situation um justifying the reason why i went pissing off a lot of people because i went <laughs> um and i think that it was very very a hard mental time for me um i knew that i needed to be there but uh, i had a lot of people pulling me in a lot of different directions didn't really know what to say um that's when i started getting the whole edgy alpha um I, I got that because everyone there viewed me as edgy because I was so angry at the time. I remember being so angry because it was right around the time, 17 to 18 years old, I was starting to tra transition into not being underage. And I think for all the wrestling fans and all the bookers and, and wrestlers themselves understand what that means and that transition to no longer being, oh, cute, Savannah Stone, the 16-year-old girl, but... Hey, Savannah Stone, the leather jacket girl, if you know what I mean. And um, it was very hard. It was not only a transition for me, I think, to become a woman, but also a transition for me to be viewed as a woman from people um, that I was not ready to view me as a woman. And that was extremely hard for me. And so Michael Elgin's training system, I would say, just taught me a lot about life, taught me a lot about how how naive I really was in the business and not, like I said, um, just just to, you know, clarify, like my tag team partner, um, you know, James Brady, to share that, that podcast from you guys. Yeah, like, shout out to James Brady. Yes. Uh, like he, he, like he said, he started it when he was age three. So he always had this concept, you know, a wrestle arrive leave wrestle like oh, that that was his motto you know and that was never mine that i didn't really get that motto and he watched that off of the ww network and just how everything was created so when when friends that were friends started to become uh or look at me more than friends and uh to be viewed um in a sexual manner so to speak it was very confusing for me on top of just trying to get the new Japan strategy <laughs> and uh, really kind of outside of the Dino Dojo. I mean, Dino Dojo was great, but I really feel like 
Elgin's training system made me the wrestler outside of Missouri, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was very, very difficult, but very meaningful. I would have not had it any other way. I learned from it. I mean, Dynamo Pro was kind of more of just like a St. Louis base. Yeah, thing. I mean, absolutely. Elgin, like Michael Elgin has connections and Worldwide. stuff. Worldwide, so like, absolutely, yes. With yes. Elgin, you're gonna get you're gonna get all these connections and bookings, whereas, and meet all these different peoples with different. You know, you're gonna you're gonna jump into the good and bad side of wrestling, and I think that really was Michael Elgin's training system. And I don't think that I was ready for it, but at the same time. Um, like I said, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I needed to see the ugly. Um, I needed to see the bad in order to share my message to Stone Nation and really um, come to grips. And, and uh, I know I'm talking a little bit, but uh, before Michael Elgin, I had the saying, you can't break stone. And, and I think everyone knows that. Um, when I got to Michael Elgin's training system, I started seeing the cracks. And not just myself. And... And, um, and, and you know, I, I had set a tone, you know, in, in 16 to 17 years old. So, you know, that's a, that's a year of wrestling. Set the tone. You can't break me. You can't break Stone Nation. It's okay. If you feel pain, don't worry. You can't break from it. And to realize and grow from it being angry that I saw the cracks to, to, to realizing, no, there's no problem if there's cracks in you. There's no problems if you're broken, why is that a bad thing, you know? Um, and I think that's really the biggest thing. And so now I, I, I changed my slogan. It's no longer, you can't break stone. It's no problem, Savannah. No problem, Savannah. No problem, Savannah. There's no problem. Even if I faced all the problems that I faced, such an early state facing all those problems, it ended up being not a problem at the end. There was no problem. Because I got through those, I grew, and I'm sitting here with you now yep. talking about it. And that's so cool. I think that's so cool, you know? Yeah, it really is. So I think like like you said at first that you thought nobody could break stone. And then, yeah. and then you see the cracks, but... I think along the way you realize that like that's how we learn. Yes. That's exactly. how we learn. We yes. learn from making mistakes, from being broken. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's just just to go back to the sexual abuse, and I won't touch on it too much, but um, I got that from uh, Marissa, and and that is that is my real name, Marissa, uh, being there. And, uh... K-Fabe is broken. I broke the business! Um, <laughs> uh, no, but being there at age 16 as Marissa, trying to be the Savannah Stone girl, um, and going through that sexual abuse, when I started wrestling, it was to prove, like I said, watching that match, it proved to me that women can't be broken, and, and so that's what I tried to convince myself at age 16 when I started and took those bumps and hit those ropes and uh, to, to, to fight through the pain because I fought through the sexual abuse. I fought through it. I was still there in the flesh through what happened to me. But joining Michael Elgin's training system, I started to realize all the cracks due to the sexual abuse, all the cracks due to um, just, just everything in my life. And uh, I had a choice on what to do from it. I could get angry, which I did. Um, and, and that kind of got me the um, edgy alpha bad attitude, so to speak. 
Um, Miss Captain Bad Attitude? Miss Captain Bad Attitude, there you go. Um, but also, um, understanding that there's cracks that I needed to face. I needed to face those cracks, and that 16-year-old girl that claimed that they were broken, that wasn't broken, sorry, actually really was broken and I think the best thing I had to do was I was so focused at creating this character Savannah Stone that could not be broken but meantime this Marissa who I am was was broken and I had to build myself up and be okay with the cracks in my life to then put that out into the ring and show that well Savannah Stone is also broken because savannah stone and marissa are are the same person if that makes any sense yeah it does but yeah a lot of growing these past couple years very much so right i mean i even see growing in myself too like uh like i haven't dealt with sexual abuse or anything but i've dealt with like mental health problems and stuff so um absolutely so i think well, wrestling has just kind of helped me so much. Like, if, if you would have told me four years ago that I'd be sitting here talking with a wrestler, doing a po- even doing a podcast. That's like, so cool, man. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, but I, I won't glow on myself too much. This no, is, this man, is you about... have to sometimes. You have to. I think it's so good. That was another thing about me. Um, at, at 16, everyone told me, be humble, stay humble. You got to be humble. And I, I almost took that in a way of not being able to um, accept the good that I've done and and how I got to wrestle with Nia Jax. I mean, I remember having to be so quiet about that, even though the wrestling world was so loud about it. I couldn't even say anything at the dojo because I knew people were going to get angry if I even talked about it. And I think that that's just what's broken in life. It, it, you, you know, why can't you talk about the accomplishments right, that you've gone through? Right. And I think you should absolutely talk about your podcast. I mean, like I said, there's so many people that come up to me and say they're so worried for whatever reason, this, that, and the other. You, you doing this podcast is, is sharing your message and how wrestling has helped you. And I think that's amazing. I think that needs to be shown more, you know? Right. Thank you. So thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think also... Uh, I'll just say this really quick. I think it's kind of, well, not kind of, but really brave to kind of open up a little bit about your sexual abuse and yes. stuff you've gone through. Thank that's you. that's never never easy to talk about. No, it is not. Um, it, I uh, I think, you know, I I strive I, I strive to have this message. Like I said, I started wrestling for a different reason, and it was the message that reached out to me in that video that I watched with Nikki and Brie Bella and uh, Paige and AJ Lee. It was the message. It wasn't the wrestling. It was the message of that you can do this and you can be strong and be a female. And um, that was the message that I was preaching for such a long time. But um, at the same time, you have to be able to show your messages. And in order to show your message, you have to be real with, with, with the fans. And I've always thrived on being real with the fans that I've had because I, I truly view them as family. Um, I think that they grow when I grow and, and they all go through um, different things just because people go through different things in life. And I, I realized I took a break for a while with wrestling uh, okay. starting 2020. I took a bit of a break um, and I needed to do some self-evaluation. I needed to 
be real. And I think that's why I'm sharing my name, even though it's it's such a, a bad thing in wrestling and breaking kayfabe. But I think at the same time, in order to inspire people, you have to be real and you have to share your story. And I was so focused on it. And it's why I wanted to do this podcast. Um, you, you, in my opinion, you, you really bring out the realness in your podcast. And that's something that I want to be. I want to be real with my fans. I want to tell them the story, not just tell them what they're supposed to do and that's not to be broken, but tell them that it's okay to be broken. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I feel like, back to the breaking kayfabe thing, like, I feel like, I feel like in 2020 that still kind of gets frowned upon. I, I mean, to a, yeah. to, to a certain extent, you need to keep kayfabe. But Absolutely, like, yeah. Like, there's, there's those instances where, like, like you have a message that you want to share and, you know, right. sometimes you're just going to, there's, you'll know when you run into those certain people. Yeah, where, sometimes you have to take the mask off. Right. And really be honest. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I took a break for a bit and really tried to find myself as Marissa first. Um, I had avoided a lot of questions of why I've been gone from my fans and the reasons for that. Um. I remember, you know, everyone's asking where the where the top four went, where the golden unit's gone, and I'm ready to answer those questions in a very professional but real way. And I think the, to answer the questions to the people who have been asking this, um, when the top four joined, I was in a very unhealthy state of mind. Um, I would say that I think to speak honestly, all four of us were to out to without you know without speaking for anybody. We we didn't realize that that group was going to succeed as much as it did, um, and I was I was uh, very very um not ready <laughs> not not ready for any of that not ready to be the leader I, I i was very much viewed as a leader of that group not ready for that not ready to uh put my big boy pants on and uh become this adult not when i still felt like a kid you know um and so, i think especially just leading leading people that were almost all adults you know i know rain victoria is older than me ezra was older than me um brady was older than me so to lead a group that was all older than me, I think that was also very intimidating. <laughs> yeah, no, no offense to any of the other three, but just like facing people like Kylie Ray and being involved in Michael Elgin's training system yeah. and being on Raw, like right. you were probably more of the developed person. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that was very hard on me because you know the group looked to me, "What do we do?" Well, I don't know. <laughs> 18 years old i have no idea what i'm doing I so just... it kind of sounds like like it was a good idea you guys just kind of weren't ready for i think it. yeah i remember um and this is this is getting kind of deep uh but i need to be honest with them um i remember being in the car we had just gotten back from new jersey me and ray and victoria um, we all met up, uh, the four of us. Uh, they picked up us picked us up at the airport in Chicago, and we were supposed to be off on a show. And I just remember, I had just gotten done wrestling Chris Atlander. It was such a big deal. I was main eventing at WSU, and I just was, I was so happy with the match. But I was like, what am I doing? 
what am I doing? And I hated it because they're, they're, it was the first time I wrestled in New Jersey. It was such a big deal. Um, and um, I had so much anxiety at the time, so much PTSD just from facing the sexual abuse and really realizing how bad that truly was. Um, and I remember in the group, in that group, I felt like I had to be calm. I couldn't overreact. I was the leader, right? And I um, had this bottle of anxiety pills and I just looked at them and I hadn't been taking them in a while and I just had them in my hand, a bunch of anxiety pills and just being, I gotta stay calm, right? I gotta play the part. It's all about playing this part of who Savannah Stone was supposed to be in the people's eye, even in the carload. It was the people's eye. I couldn't even be really honest to my own boyfriend at the time, just because, not because of anything he was doing, but because I had this 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 sick idea that I had to play in the people's mind what I was supposed to represent, you know? And so I just remember staring at those those pills in my hand, these anxiety pills, and just a handful of them, swallowed them, took them. And, and I remember Rain Victoria was in the back. And, uh, God, she got so angry. And, uh, I mean, well-deserved, absolutely. Uh, so angry. And she just kept asking me, why, 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 why? And I remember uh, Brady looking behind because he was sitting in the passenger seat and, and just being so sad, like, you know, like, we're here. Why won't you let us help? And I think that, and, and the message I'm trying to go with that is you have to help yourself in order for other people to help you. And that was, that was really what I needed. I needed to take some time off and realize that Marissa wasn't okay so how could savannah stone keep continuing on if marissa wasn't okay right there's not one without the other exactly and that that was so hard for me to understand and it seems so simple now maybe to some people but i have to remind you again starting at such a young age that was um that was it was that was not obvious to me and um so i remember um I remember, I don't think Rain ever really forgave me for that. Um, that was obviously a very thing, to, very hard thing to see when you care about somebody so much to uh, um, forget and forgive, you know. Being there and looking in those positions, those three people in, in my carlo, being there, wanting to help, but, but a person not allowing them to, being me. Um, I could only imagine how that made her feel. And I think that kind of drove a wedge between us. Um, to, to, to say the least. And I think it was very hard to um, be friends with her due to the fact that I was so young and she was so much older than me. Not to, not to say that she was old, but so much more experienced, you know? Yeah. Um, she had gone through college, graduated, uh, living a life, already had an apartment, already had a serious uh, relationship that she was in. I just started this relationship with, with um, James. And uh, I think um, I just it's just all of it. And so now to answer the question to the golden unit, because that was I always felt like it was a little bit separate to the top four. Um, everyone wanted the tag team. Everyone. I know me and me and Rain wanted the tag team. We were going to take the world by storm. The tag team belts in WWE had just come out. We were like, oh, my God, nobody's doing this in the indie scene. Let's do it. Um, 
And I don't know. I think I was so willing to have it be out there. I forgot who I was. Um, I remember knowing there was a problem with the tag team when when this happened. We were looking for gear. And you know me. I always wear pants. That's that's my that's my um, look, so to speak. Um, and I remember changing those pants and being like, okay, I think I'm going to do the, the, the Speedo thing. And I knew I wasn't comfortable with it. I knew I didn't want to do it. But I was so based off the fact that Rain and I were the top females in Missouri's um, we were looked at as the girls at the time and uh, in guys' eyes too, the girls that they had to get. I remember being at the dojo and, and Brady telling me, you know, like they couldn't believe that me, that uh, Ezra and himself got the girls, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, as funny as that is, at, at the time, you know, I, I laugh at it now, but at the time I was like, got the girls, what? And a girl you know, ha who has suffered from sexual abuse, you know, that, that was very poor wording uh, for me and very um, brought back all the memories, right? Um, but I remember I was like, okay, so I turned 18, around 18 and 19 years old. I'm viewed as the girl. I'm viewed as, you know, I, I got to be sexy. sexy. I, have to, I have to appeal to the audience and how they view me. Um, so I, I got the Speedo and I remember going out the first day um, as we went debuted as the golden unit and I was so so happy but so unhappy at the time I didn't like what I was dressed as I didn't like the fact that my ass was hanging out and not not that it's bad to have a speedo by any means but I think you have to be comfortable in your own gear that you decide to be in you know and that was not me I wasn't comfortable with my ass hanging out um, and I think that was always the problem and uh, I think with that it just it just grew apart the golden unit was this thing i think rain was suffering from things as well at the time uh mental stuff as well not to speak for her but um and i think it was just a bad time to start it even though it was such a good time in our eyes it was such a bad time to start it um i remember being at new breed wrestling and uh the golden unit was coming to new breed and it was such a big deal. And I know that rain and I had had a disagreement, um, and we weren't really viewing eye to eye, but you know, Hey, cheers. It's the camera. You, you gotta, you know, it's, it's, you're an actor, you're an actress. Also, you're not just a sports entertainer, but you're an actress. When you, when that curtain opens, you're best friends, you're, you're inseparable. Right. Um, and so I remember getting hurt in that match. Um, and uh, telling Rain that I got hurt in the middle of the match. And I had my next thing um, I was supposed to do was a suicide dive. And me being a crazy psycho maniac that I was, I still decided to suicide dive. Even though I chipped part of my kneecap, didn't matter. I was still going to do it. I was going to finish that darn show because that's, that's, that's who I am. Zillions, <laughs> baby. Yeah, but I remember... Um, we got finished with the show, and I could not stand. Could not stand. And I knew something happened. I heard the crack. I heard the snap, so to speak. Um, and I rolled out of the ring after I after uh, the match, and I couldn't get up. 
For those of you that don't know, uh, adrenaline does amazing things. Yes, it's one hell of a drug. Uh, it's one hell of a drug. Um, and I, I just, you know that moment when you just know something's not right? That was my moment. And I was crying. Uh, which, I mean, Savannah Stone doesn't cry. That's not, that's not who she is. I was crying. And all the fans stood up. I think all the fans knew something really bad happened, you know? And, um, but the, the, the tears weren't, not to be so dramatic, but I really, looking back at it, I don't think the tears were that I was hurt. It was just, it all came crumbling down. I kept pushing to be this girl that I wasn't. And it, this was the breaking point. I wouldn't listen to myself that I needed this break until I literally had no choice but to take a break, you know? And I remember being there and... Rain Victoria was nowhere to be found. And that wasn't that's not to shoot on her, that's not to yell at her, but that was the moment that I realized, no. I have to do this myself. You know, I have to figure this out myself. There I had pushed people away for so long that was willing to help. And and she remembers this differently, but I, I'm telling you um just just what I was feeling. Um, and I looked around and there was nobody that helped. And I remember, you know, James was in the back, but you know, he can't run out just because his girlfriend was hurt. That's, he can't do that. You know, kayfabe broken, right? <laughs> we weren't even the top two at the time. So it really wouldn't have added to the storyline. Um, and, uh, I was like, wow, wow. And I was so angry. Uh, she wasn't there because she was supposed to be my, my, she was supposed to be my tag team partner. You know, she was supposed to always be there because she had been there my whole life from the moment that I started to wrestle. And I was like, no, no, because before there was her, before there was James Brady, before there was Ezra Zealous, there was Marissa. And I have to help myself before I can even be a tag team or be be anything you know um and so i remember being there i remember having to be carried out and i was so angry because i thought yeah speaking about cave rape i mean you can't break savannah stone except her kneecaps freaking broken and and that's the moment <laughs> and that right there is the moment where kayfabe died yep that was the moment kayfabe savannah stone the one and only <laughs> um but no <laughs> and so i remember getting carried out um and I remember getting the text message after going to the emergency room um, and being told the news and not being able to walk. And I got the message um, on Messenger, Facebook Messenger, from Rain saying, hey, are you okay? Like, hope you're okay sending golden vibes. Because that was always our thing. We always said golden vibes to each other because uh, we were the golden unit. <laughs> Full of ourselves, probably. Um <laughs> And I was so angry. I was like, no, wait a minute. Why, why are you asking me now? You should have been there. Everyone should have been there and you weren't there. When I needed you, you weren't there for me. I shouldn't have been walked out by these random guys. I should have been walked out by my tag team partner. Um, but no, I look back at it and I was so foolish in that, in that emergency room. I was so foolish. I, could I be mad at Rain? Of course I, of course I could. Could I be mad at... You know, the top four, of course I could. But at the end of the day, I was still part of all of that. So you, you can't, 
I think the message that I'm trying to say with this long story is you got to look at yourself before you can be angry with the rest of the world. I was so angry with the rest of the world. I didn't even admit that I had a problem with myself, you know? Um, and I remember taking that break with my knee and, uh, starting to finally realize that no, I mean, I could be mad because these people I don't think did enough that they were supposed to do or, or whatever, for whatever reason. But at the end of the day, it's me, myself, and I. At the end of the day, you have to look yourself in the mirror. You know, Caleb has to look himself in the mirror and be okay with himself, you know? And, and there was a time I wasn't. Yeah, I think there's a time for everyone. And if it hasn't come yet, not to be the buzzkill, but I think it'll, I think it'll come. It, it happens in everyone's life. And that was, that was my moment. That was my life where um, I realized the golden unit was gone. I realized the top four was gone. And I think secretly at the end of the day, I, I needed that to all be gone because I needed to deal with myself and my own problems. And so this is the first time stepping kind of out of the shadows and had been ghost for so long that I, I want to answer those fans' questions. And I want to be real with what happened, not to shame anybody, but to really um, explain to you guys what happened and to show that Savannah Stone has cracks and Marissa has cracks and that it's okay for you guys to have cracks. But you can't pretend that those cracks aren't there. Yeah. Um, I'd like to kind of go back to the anxiety thing for a second. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you said you had a you had a handful of pills and like at, at that time anxiety pills. I want to be specific on that. Pills. Okay, <laughs> make sure that I'm okay. not like not that that's okay, but I just want to make sure. Yes. I mean, but I, I feel like I feel like that gets stigmatized a whole lot. I'm very passionate about mental health. Yes. So um, at that time you were kind of in the position where like you had people trying to help you, but like you just didn't want the help at the time i don't even think i realized they were trying to help i was that far gone yeah and like when you're in when you're in darkness like that i'll Mm -hmm. speak i'll speak from personal experience um you don't you don't see that you're you're caught like you've got so many thoughts running through your mind that you don't you don't think about all of the supports that i i just got done going to counseling myself for this very thing and mm-hmm. this has happened to me so many times and it's probably not going to be the last time it happens no i don't i don't think it is you know and that's that's actually a really good point caleb it's 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 you know yes i've grown from all those things but i still suffer from anxiety i still suffer from ptsd every single day every single day um i think it's something that people are always going to have to face um and and that's okay though that's where i go back to no problem savannah because i know that i can get through it and i think that you're starting to realize that too that that caleb can get through it and that you know all those people out there that are listening to this can get through it you know absolutely and that it's okay to go through this stuff because that's just life like people talk about this so much as in wrestling 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 but no i mean scratch all the wrestling aside that's just life you know people are gonna go through things and that's gotta be okay you know yeah so I feel like, like obviously they were mad at you at the time for the actions, but like I, I kind of feel like they were more disappointed than yes, angry. Was, like they yeah. like yeah, that like was those the, are two those are two different terms. Yes, 
yes, that was the heart. I think I would much rather it have been angry. I mean, it, than disappointed. I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's heartbreaking to to see somebody you care about or nonetheless work with mm-hmm. go through that. And I think it was something else too. Like I think um, Brady at the time he had just started. He started when he was eighteen. So I think he was going through all those things, but he, he wasn't where I was at. You know, I started when I was 16, so he just didn't know enough about the business enough to really understand what I was going through. Uh, Ezra Zealous at the time, uh, he, he was just in this local Mattoon town, so no one really, he's never really experienced this level of wrestling either and traveling every weekend. And I think the only one who really got it was Rain Victoria. But the problem was, is, you know, again, she was like 23 when she started this. So she would never, I don't think any of them understood how it was to be me. Because nobody can understand what it's like to be somebody else, you know? Um, And I think think that was the thing where they wanted to help. But I think realistically, even if they wanted to, they, they didn't really know how to because... That was my story, my burden that I had to do, that I had to help myself, you know, because no one understands it better than than you, you know? There's actually, um, and I've attended this myself, uh, so there's this thing, it's a class, a training called uh, Mental Health First Aid. Mm -hmm. Like, you can, like, I took it, and it's helped me personally, and it's also helped me kind of, you know, what do you say... What's the right thing? What's the wrong thing to to say to somebody going through something like you were going through? Yeah. So I like I encourage everybody to Absolutely. I don't think it's do talked some, about enough. Absolutely. Right. No, no. But I think again at the same time, um you got to feel a bit betrayed to be in the in, in the three of their footsteps. You know, you, you have to feel a little betrayed that you're right there and your hands oh, out. Oh, absolutely. You know? I'm not I'm not invalidating their absolutely. feelings. They, they yeah, have, they have a right to it's feel a, that way. It's such a crappy part of life that I think everyone gets affected by. When you care about somebody in general, whether you're the one going through it or whether you're seeing someone go through it, everybody gets affected differently. And emotions come into play, and you really have to... It takes a special individual to do it the quote-unquote, I'm going to say, right way. Because I don't think there's ever a truly right way to do life, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, I absolutely agree with that, 100,000%. Yeah, I mean, it it does hurt. Like, I'll I'll just share one. This is probably the deepest I'll get, but like, one time I went to a... One time I went to an emergency room, so, and I was, I won't say what it was for, but, uh-huh. like, I was basically asked if, like, I was having suicidal thoughts, and oh, no. I was, and, mm-hmm. like, my mom was with me at the time, and she just instantly just started bursting out crying. Wow. It, it, it was a, it was a heartbreaking, like, Absolutely. I start I started to kind of get help after that, but, like, it's just, it, it affects people, and... It definitely does. Yeah. Like it's it's not it's not a bad thing, but like it's again it's just heartbreaking, and I, I could talk about it all day. Yes, I understand. I'm that's I can't, and that's the thing I want you guys to realize out there is that you know you have no idea what other people are going through. I mean, I'm looking at Caleb right now. I wouldn't have thought that that's something that he would have gone through, um, and I know I've gotten. 
those looks too like you should be happy right now why, why aren't you happy you know um, and I think that's where we really have to go back to human humans have to be understanding and realizing that you know you don't know what happens behind closed doors you don't know what happens in people's lives so maybe if that person's having a bad day what what happened to them or if they said something mean to you you know what what happened in their life that right then that you know led up to that and it's why I'm always try to be so thoughtful of what I say um because I want to I, I never know what that person's dealing with that at that time you know right and there's been there's been things I've said that I've said in anger or some emotion that I shouldn't have acted on but I'm getting I'm getting better about like thinking before I speak yeah that's a like, big one like sometimes you like sometimes I'll get I'll get pissed off about something and I'll just want to go out and tell everybody what the deal is how how they're wrong about everything and I'm right about everything but like sometimes I just have to sit there and just take you, a step you know, back take a, <laughs> take, take a step back take a deep breath and you know like sometimes I'll I'll stay in a room by myself and do that mm-hmm. I'll listen to, some, to I'll, I'll listen to some music or something and yeah, music, music. Let really let, helps let my let my thoughts process. Absolutely, I think that's very important to do. Absolutely. Like I like like I said, I could talk about it all day, but like again, I, I want to commend you for talking about that because I feel Thank like you. I, really I, I feel like that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot, especially. Well, I don't want to say especially, but like in wrestling too. Yes. Yes, it's that whole kayfabe mentality, I believe, you know. And I think it's it's not I, I don't know. I I don't I I, I want to say this. I think if it wasn't for my fans, I wouldn't be the one doing this. You know, I got through everything I needed to get through um in my struggles and I'm sure I'm going to face new struggles down the road, but um I'm not doing this to brag. I'm not doing this. I'm doing this for the fans because I know that they they need to hear it. You know, they're going through the same things. And if I can be that Nikki and Brie, AJ and Paige match for them, or if you can, or if my tag team partner can, if for whoever you want to listen to, if that's what's inspiring you, you got to share your story, you know? Yeah. And I'm only going to say this because you said it originally. Uh, I know I'm talking with Savannah Stone right now, but I'm going to say this to both Savannah and Marissa. Uh, I see these people all the time who wrestle and stuff, and it's like people go up to them and say, hey, you inspire me. And sometimes I I feel like you guys don't, or I don't want to say you don't realize, but may not realize how much of an inspiration you are to fans. Yes, I think that's such a big one. And I think it's I think it's just weird because like, you know, we we look at the celebrities in Hollywood and we're like, "Oh my god." But to that little girl that's 3 years old that has my Savannah Stone you can't break stone bracelet on, I'm I I might be that for her. And that's, that's such a weird concept for me because obviously when I look in the mirror, I I see all the flaws and I'm like, "Oh, jeez, didn't brush my hair today." Uh, you know, all those little things, but they don't they don't see that those kids don't see that those adults don't even maybe see that you know um it goes back to what we were talking about people don't see what's going on in the world around them right you know uh so in their minds the way that they view you might be so different 
to the way that you view yourself, you know? Yeah, um, a way I've learned to be around just everybody in general is like, I guess one thing I could say is treat them with the, or show them the respect that they show you or... I don't even know if that's the way to say it. It's like, just just be kind to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I think the best part about this was I wanted to go to one show. I wasn't booked on it. But I want to go to this show um, because I was starting to feel the need to wrestle. Like, I was okay again. You know, um, I have a lot of things going on right now. I'm planning for a lot of stuff. A lot of new merchandise. Um, a lot of new promos. Um, um, some bookings that I have coming up in April. And it's all happening really quick. I feel like... Um, I've taken off for so long, but um, it's all coming back like, boom, like a snap of the fingers, you know. Um, but I wanted to go to the show, and I wanted to kind of go, I would say, for like a little test drive. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I really was okay. De-rusting. Yeah. So I went to the show. It was Leon Mephisto's show, and it was in Alton. A lot of the old dojo kids that I uh, grew up with were there, um, and... I was so nervous. You know, what are they going to think about me? Um, I've pissed a lot of people off. Um, I've let a lot of people down. Uh, a lot of people were wondering where I was. <laughs> um, but I thought it was so cool because I was okay with myself. And I got so much love, so much support, not just from the wrestlers in the back, not just from the bookers, but from the fans. You know, I was there just as a fan myself, but I had fans asking me for their pictures, uh, saying that they missed me. Um, and I was like, wow, you know, this is what it's really about. And it was so sad in my eyes to have almost been blind to that for a bit because I was dealing with my mental health. Um, and I think that's something that I'm going to encourage all the wrestlers out there, if there's any wrestlers listening. It's okay to take that break. If you don't feel that, if you don't see that, like I was blinded by that, it, something's not right, you know? Like you figure out what that is. Take time for yourself to figure out what that what's what's missing from that, you know? Um cuz there's people out there that 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 do love you. Um that may not know you fully or know who you are. I mean, I think the only person that truly knows me and Marissa is is James. Because uh, he's taken the time to do so. But um, that doesn't mean that people don't care about you, you know? And I, I am so inspired that I got that back. And I was so blessed to feel that way and have such a warm welcoming when I walked through those doors. Not even as a wrestler, but to, again, to state, just as a fan. Um, and I'm, I'm ready now. I'm, I'm coming back March 19th. And I'm very excited. March 19th. Uh, where's this going to be? Well, I'm fully preparing to post some promos. I'm not going to go ghosts anymore. So you'll be seeing a lot more of me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and all that stuff. But April is when I'll get into the ring and you guys will see me in ring wrestling. So. All right. So I guess that's just kind of a stay tuned thing. Yes. Yeah, stay tuned. You guys know how I play. I leave a lot of I leave a lot of blanks so you guys can figure out the pieces. I like to. Of course. I like mystery. I, I've always been that way. I like a little bit of mystery. So stay tuned. You guys will see what's coming next. Yeah. I want to say, too, that with you going back to some of your old dojo people and mm -hmm. getting a warm welcome. Uh, yes. It may not be the right time right now, but I just, everything I've heard tonight, 
I feel like there's still hope for the top the top four, right? The top four, the golden you I I feel like there may still be some hope for that. Um I w- I'm going to I'm going to put it like this. Um I think the best thing right now is to just have hope personally. Um for them to all be okay first. Of course, yeah. Um I think the biggest thing with the four of us was we put the whole professional thing so number one. I would rather wish them the best personally in their lives and what they're wanting to do rather than ever um, get back together as the top four or anything like that because, um, again, for me, personal health, like what we've got done talking about, is better than any professional thing that we want out of wrestling. Um, And for me to wish them the best in their personal lives and in their personal careers is is the only thing I can promise to the fans and to you is to is that I know that I'm wishing them the best and to know that those people will never leave my lives. Whether they're out of my lives right now, they'll never leave the story that I'm telling you guys. They'll always have a part to tell on who Marissa is on, and who Savannah Stone is. And for that, I truly thank them. Through the goods and the, through the bads, I thank them for that. Yeah, fair enough. So just, just a couple things I wanted to I know we kind of got deep and personal yes. a little bit but <laughs> like uh just some more wrestling stuff I guess uh so obviously you were on Monday Night Raw and yes so <laughs> just anybody that doesn't know what's kind of the difference between the the independence background and kind of the the background or backstage 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 yeah um well um, to, you, to not to totally throw have. WWE <laughs> into the bus, uh, I'm going to say this. I get that question a lot. Um, I'm going to tell you this. It's really no different than the indie scene. It's just a bigger, better, grander stage with the global connections. But they're all human beings. Um, and I think that's something that I learned from Nia Jax and talking to Nia Jax is at the end of the day, people view her as Nia Jax. But she's just a, she's just a normal person facing normal life struggles um just like just like the local people it's really no different she's just on a bigger better stage uh i think it's very cool i think there's really no difference from that locker room to how most locker rooms work um and i don't i don't know if that kind of blows people's like oh it's not that i actually am i'm comforted by that that it's not this completely crazy different thing it's really if you are in the indie scene and you work the indie scene, you'll have no trouble going into WWE and being part of that locker room. Um, yes, you have to work 10 times harder. Yes, there's so many more things you have to face um, and struggles you have to face, but that atmosphere is the same, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm so excited for the for, for coming up in April. Um, like my tag team partner said, um, James Brady, he's working on a new album. Yes. And um, I've actually helped written songs, believe it or not. I'm writing songs for him. Yeah, I think I think James tried to show me that last time, but <laughs> I, his, his publicist told me not to. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he wants to share it with the world, but uh, I, I think I think uh, him sharing the full story is going to, when the album is finally done, I think it's going to hit a lot of people. Um, and a lot of those songs... Our personal experiences that I went through, along with what um, 
James Brady went through. Um, I'll always be his number one supporter. I can't believe I'm contributing and writing an album off of my experience. What? Um, um, so proud of him. I think it takes a very big person to not only say that they have one dream but multiple different dreams and chase multiple dreams and face multiple challenges in multiple um, of those kind of entertainment where those are not the friendliest of entertainments. Um, so I'm, I'm helping him do that. Um, I Like I said, I, I've learned a life and a, a status quo that I'm going by is no problem Savannah. Um, there'll be t-shirts out, there'll be bracelets out. Um, and the biggest thing of them all, if you guys have stayed tuned this long, is I will be moving to New Jersey in June. I heard. Yes. And um, I'll be training with none other than DJ Hyde. And that is insane to me to have um, started as a 16-year-old girl, never would think that I'd move away from home uh, and really fully be pursuing this dream that is wrestling um, and that I get to do that in a well state of mind, learning what I've learned in St. Louis um, is insane to me. So I'm so excited to get to do that. And uh, yeah, I'm, and to top that all off, 2020 has been crazy. I'm about to graduate college and get my associate's degree in criminal justice. Congratulations. <laughs> so not only is Savannah Stone going through all these great new changes, but Marissa is as well. And she's getting her associate's degree in criminal justice. And I am uh, wanting to major in criminal justice because I want, it, I want to help victim advocates out. And for anyone who doesn't know what that word means, because I know I didn't know what advocate means at all, um, it means... Um, any victims that have gone through uh, um, abuse, uh, whether that's child neglect, whether that's suicidal abuse, whether that is um, sexual abuse, um, I definitely, I managed to get through that. And I don't want to say gotten through that, but get through that every single day. And you want to and you want to help other people. I get want that. to help other people. And if I can be the change to help other people, if I can inspire or if I can point people in the right direction. You know, maybe that's not me, but maybe it's simply saying, you know, to those little boys that came up, I remember, I always remember this, to go back to wrestling, I always remember this, there was a little boy in the audience, um, and we had talked for a while, and it's like he wanted that, I could just tell he wanted that male idol, superstar, so to speak, to look up to, and uh, uh, Dominic was his name, and uh, I... I know who you're talking yes, about. Yes, and that was so cool. Uh, there's a video out with um, with uh, James that to, to not only have females now be able to do that, but but for little boys to be able to look up to to, to guys as well. Sure, so it goes cool. it goes it both goes ways. both ways. Yeah, and I think that is really what I'm basing this career on. Like I said, I've been reborn, so to speak. Um, I'm so excited for the future, and I'm so excited to reconnect with Stone Nation and uh, teach him such a different new message, you know? Yeah. I know they're looking forward to reconnecting with you, too. Oh, thank you. I'm blushing now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, you so you, much. You should see her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, who, who are some people, 
Like, obviously, you didn't get into wrestling until you were 16. Yeah. But just current people who you look up to. Current people I look up to. That's a really good question. I know uh, Jordan Grace is probably one of them. Yes. Yeah, so you, you've said good things about her. Yes, right? yes. Jordan Grace really was um, kind of almost the one who predicted I was going to uh, <laughs> go through a lot of um, BS, I would say. Um, before I even was going through it, she was like, get ready for it. Buckle up. She said, it's another female that started very young in the business. Had to face a lot. Uh, Jordan Grace, Tessa. I got to wrestle Tessa at Glory. Um, and Tessa Blanchard. Tessa right. Blanchard, yes. Uh, very much uh, loved the message that she was telling me. and A very personal message. Um, and But beside those, just wrestling-wise... Um, I would say Taylor Swift, uh, Katy Perry, those have always been Marissa's idols. You know, Savannah's idols are Jordan Grace and Tessa. But Marissa's idols are Taylor Swift and Katy Perry. Um, I had those those wallpaper uh, of them in my bedroom before I moved into this apartment that I share with um, James now. Uh, and yes, we do share an apartment now. Adulting, guys. Um, <laughs> Undisclosed location. Undisclosed, yes. Um and uh, I uh, I used to have those girls in my um, bedroom with those with those wallpapers because they inspired me to follow my dream. So all of those people combined make up who Savannah Stone and Marissa really are. All right, yeah. Like I said, I knew Jordan Grace was one of them. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know about Tessa. Yeah. Uh, I know obviously some of your favorite matches are probably uh, – Let's see if I can guess this right. Uh, Tootie Lynn Ramsey, uh, Lainey Luck. Am I on the right track? I I would say those girls have definitely inspired me. Um, I think I think Tootie Lynn Ramsey really pushed me to become the person that I was. Um, uh, her Tootie and I, unfortunately, due to I think just the wrestling world, have always been kind of pinned against each other. Uh, and so there was always this like competitive aspect to the way that um, when we wrestled. So I think those were some very good matches due to it being competitive and uh, you know that aspect. Um, I think I'll always love Lainey Locke because Lainey Locke was the um, girl at the time before you know there was always me, Rain, and Tootie, like I said, down at the dojo. But Lainey was the first girl that I worked with outside of the dojo. So she always really helped me. But I would say my favorite matches, well, my favorite match, obviously, and everyone's going to roll their eyes to this, but obviously James Brady was one of them. Uh, Not just that, but James Brady at CZW was one of my favorite matches. Um, I've never felt a worker be so equal and view me as such an equal. And especially, I think, being being my boyfriend, that's even almost weirder to say because, like, there's a sense of, like, well, I don't want to hit my girlfriend because <laughs> that's frowned upon. <laughs> and, you know, he hit me just as hard as any, any other person in, in the back. Um, like, I was just, you know, just a wrestler. That one really inspired me. I would say... The, um, obviously, of course, the Jordan Graces and the Tessa matches inspired me, but James Brady was one of my favorite matches. Top three would be James Brady, in no specific order. James Brady, DJ Hyde. I'm going to elaborate on why DJ Hyde was. Uh, DJ Hyde, we had such a brutal match. Um, I'm talking about him spitting in my face. Um, 
and all of that, and that really, really... And if anyone's seen J.J. Hyde, he's a huge, ginormous man. <laughs> and I'm being like, me being only like five three and a half, I always add that half in there to make myself feel better. Uh, very intimidating. Um, when he hit me, I saw stars. <laughs> and uh, very emotional. It's the first match I ever cried in the middle of the ring when I was getting... Uh, beat up I was I had tears coming out of my eyes because uh it brought me back to that abuse that I had and uh he helped me and it's it's such a weird thing to say as to why it was my favorite match but it was my favorite match because this time around I fought back I fought back and he was the one who taught me that he knew about my story he knew that that was a part of me and he was the one that gave me the stage and the spotlight to never be afraid of that again. Uh, so that was a favorite match. And then I think my last match, as weird as this might be, had to go back to the New Breed match when I hurt my knee. Because it wasn't my favorite match, but what happened that day needed to happen. And so, yes, there's a lot of other matches that I could list off, but that was a game changer for me. So, yeah, I would say all of those, even if they have not maybe have been the best matches, they're all important matches in my life that changed my life and made me the person that I am sitting to, sitting here today. So Great. I could, I could name, I could list names all day of, of just great matches you've had with the likes of Kylie Ray, Tessa Thank Blanchard. Thank you very much. I but, appreciate uh, that. You're, go- you're coming back to wrestling, so who you got on your radar? <laughs> um, Big or small? Any and everyone, honestly. I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. Um, I definitely want to get back in the scene. I'm going to push for some tag team intergender matches due to the fact that, obviously, I have my tag team partner. Um, I want the bad rap of intergender to be gone. Um, yes... Yes, it's very it's very worrisome to people. The reason the worst thing in intergender matches is that people are worried that men are hitting women, right? And that is frowned upon. But from a woman who has been hit by men, uh, my sophomore year, brutally, um, I can tell you this: it's okay. And it actually, I have so many women come up to me and little girls that come up to me afterwards and tell me, "Whoa, we're just as strong as men." Um, so. Some of those matches, um, that will be, there will be a tag team match um, coming in on April 25th. Um, I will have an intergender match with a single, a single intergender match at Dynamo on um, April 25th. Um, I'm dropping all the dates now. <laughs> and um, That means she won't be at CCW Super Show 4, unfortunately. I will not. Ah. I am sorry. I, yes, I'm trying to get back down there. Everyone wants me there. Um, it's hard to reach I, out. I always tell, like, I'm always in, because me and Jason, like, I'm not going to say we're super tight, but, like, we're we're tight. Uh-huh. We're tight. And I'm, right. always, I'm always whispering names in his ears like uh, like Ethan Page, uh, Savannah Stone, <laughs> Savannah Stone, uh, James Ray, Savannah Stone. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, coming back, showing people, I think my main goal is not necessarily who I'm working, but showing the growth, showing my new message, and promoting intergender wrestling. Those yeah. are my three bullet points that I want to do when I come back in April. I think that's a I think it's a good thing. Like still even in twenty twenty in their gender wrestling still gets stigmatized and it does. Like, it's yes. 
but a woman who had the belt, a men's championship belt at Woe. I can tell you this. I was the heavyweight champion at Woe. Uh, first ever woman to have been able to hold that belt. I am telling you this. I have not had as much fun wrestling the men in that locker room than, than any place else. I mean, Tessa Blanchard, she's the Impact World Champion right now. Absolutely. She's breaking boundaries. I know there's some controversy kind of around her right now, but like her or not, you have to admit that that's that's big. That's very big, yeah. On a major platform like Impact Wrestling. Yeah, she's set on breaking those bullet points. Same Mm -hmm. as me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so just thank you so much for just opening up. I know this has kind of been one of the longer episodes, but just Savannah's story and just everything she says is just so interesting. So I just want to, I think I actually stopped at one point. It's probably going to get edited out, but like I stopped and I was like, Hey, can we talk for a little bit longer? Because (laughs) just, uh, I'm lost. I'm lost for words. Uh, is there, is there anything you want, anything else you want to plug, like, social media-wise? Like, where can people find you at? Yeah, yeah. So, first of all, I want to say thank you for letting me uh, be able to share my message. Oh, absolutely. With, without you guys and, and fans and bookers and wrestlers and all of them that are listening, without this man right here, you guys would not know the story of Savannah Stone, of Marissa. So, thank you for that and guaranteeing me that opportunity um, yeah, you guys can find me at Savannah Stone on Facebook, um, at Savannah Stone 01, trying to spit the words out, at Savannah Stone 01, Twitter, um, and just Savannah Stone on Instagram. I've kept it simple. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where to find me. And then I would say just to, to wrap everything up, thank you. Thank you so much to the fans. I always leave a very, I try to, when I do these podcasts, I try to leave a very inspirational message. But no, you guys have been the ones to inspire me. So thank you guys. Thank you for, um, you know, pushing me to be better, for helping me grow. And hopefully I can help you guys do the same. And I believe I messed up on my Instagram name. It is Take Two. Take Two. Facebook is Savannah Stone. (laughs) <laughs> Twitter is at Savannah Stone 01 and Instagram is also Savannah Stone 01. Uh, I'm not very good at social media. That's why I don't know that. <laughs> working on it. That's another thing I'm working on. Thank same, you, you guys. Same. Uh, just one more thing I want to say before we officially wrap this up. Absolutely. Uh, never feel like it's not okay to take time for you. Marissa and Savannah... Played by the same person. Yes. Two still do still the same person. I was gonna say two different people, but they're the same person. Yes. And if one's not good, the other one's not good. Absolutely. And you gotta you gotta keep that balance. Oh, that's really beautiful. This man's so inspiring, I swear guys. Oh my god. (laughs) He is though. He's so inspiring. So just thank you so much for thank hey, you. for for listening to us. I like I said, I know this was a longer episode, but if sorry, you, I no, talk. no, don't don't be don't be sorry. <laughs> like just so in, like if it wasn't so inspiring, I probably would have cut you. Cut off. it, but, cut yeah. it, Savannah, stop talking. Cut it. <laughs> uh, if you want to find me, um, you can like us on Facebook. It's just called Four Sides. Twitter is at Forsides IV, and guess what? I got me an Instagram. Hey! I, the man has I went, done it. I went against my morals. Uh, 
<laughs> because I, I had a thing out for Instagram at first, but like I, I sold my soul to the devil in return for an Instagram account. So <laughs> uh, my Instagram is Four Sides IV. Just started that. So if you wouldn't mind, give me a follow on that. Give me a follow on my other social media pages. And of course, like this episode, follow on your select platform for podcast listening. I can't talk. But oh well, it's all right. yeah. <laughs> it's all Spotify, right. Google Podcasts, Anchor, whatever you're listening to this on, hit that like button, hit that follow. Thank you so so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this, and we will see you next time. Savannah, thank you, and thank I always you. end this with peace. Peace. <laughs>